welcome to Jay Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and I hope you're having an awesome day today. This episode will cover depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires, part three of the value of a deposit, the temporary versus the eternal. Let's go to the throne of God in prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for your everlasting, undisputed truth of your word, upon which no other authority can be established, that you are not like man that you should lie. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. We thank you for the cross of Christ that is the only way to salvation and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. We pray that you will touch hearts everywhere, O God, to deposit for eternity and to use our time and resources to prepare the way to win others to Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, before I get started, I just wanted to clarify that this podcast is not a works-based salvation doctrine, but simply stating that good works are the fruit of salvation by grace and that commitment to Christ alone is evidence of a transformed life. The Lord rebuked the Pharisees who had an outward form of religion and didn't care for the poor, who dealt in deceit, trickery, fraud, and dishonesty to achieve their goals, oppressing and exploiting those who are weak in the faith and materially poor is wickedness. We are to demonstrate love, kindness, and the compassion of Jesus Christ by reaching out to the least of these among us. So grab a cup of coffee, tea, or water, and join me on this journey of truth to look to the Word of God pertaining to temporary versus eternal values. For there is a vast difference between the values this world perceives as important and what the Lord commands as valuable. The kingdom of this world where the devil and man rules and the kingdom of God where God rules each operates under a different set of values and where you are depositing determines the treasure of your heart that leads to where you will spend eternity, either in heaven with Christ the Lord or in hell in everlasting separation from Christ. I will continue with the examination of the podcast scripture coming out of Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31. Will you open your Bibles and read along? 
And the scripture reads as follows. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried away by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he, the rich man, lifts up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Jesus told this spiritual truth about the real existence of these two places of eternity in either heaven and hell and how our deposits in this life will impact which place we spend eternity. God wants your faithful obedience by being a doer of the word or of the Bible and not a hearer only deceiving yourself. This scripture reveals the value of a deposit from both temporary and eternal perspectives. Verse 24 says, And he, the rich man, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. 
verse 25 says, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Now these scriptures have a lot of meaning to them. First of all, the rich man was definitely a descendant of Abraham. And the great father of faith did not disown him. Because Abraham referred to the rich man as son. So there was definitely a descendancy there. And even while the rich man was in his eternal place of torment, yet Abraham did not deny him or disown him. Also to be noted, the rich man never showed any mercy and is now asking for mercy. So it's like the tables were turned on this rich man. The rich man asked if Lazarus could dip the tip, which means this was a small favor to ask. And it shows the greatness of the rich man's distress when so small of a thing would be considered a great relief. My God, today. Again, the tables have turned and the rich man is in need for relief from his misery. And he wants Lazarus, the very person he ignored and refused to help in time of temporary misery, to help him in his eternal misery. Now the rich man has become the beggar pleading with Abraham to send Lazarus. Oh my goodness. The rich man said, I am tormented in this flame. And this means that the rich man knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly what was happening to him. He was conscious of the fact that he was in torment. And he knew exactly what was happening to him. And not once did he ask to come to the other side. For he knew that he was in a state of permanency. Interesting enough, the rich man is in his eternal state, in the afterlife. He still sees himself supreme to Lazarus as his servant. This shows that death did not take away his sense of entitlement. The fact of having a right to something, the belief that one is inherently deserving of certain privileges or special treatment and station in life. Death also did not take away the rich man's sense of desire. But death did take away the fulfillment
of that desire. This was true torment, and the rich man was desperate for even a drop of relief. Through his early life, the rich man enjoyed all the good things of life. Yes, he lived the high life, that good life. Yet, he did not share them or use any of his resources and wealth to prepare for the life to come. The rich man is therefore a contrast to the previous parable of the unjust steward mentioned in Luke 16 verses 1 through 12. The unjust steward used his present position to prepare for his next position. The rich man did not. The world is filled with financial planners and advisors, and it is good for Christians to learn how to use their money wisely. But when most Christians talk about wise money management, they forget to practice the important kind of long-term investing, and that is investing with an eye toward eternity and everlasting home. So if you are rich, if you are material, materially rich today, Please know that that does not make you superior to those who are materially poor or less fortunate than you. It doesn't mean that you can buy a spot in heaven or that you're on your way to paradise. For Jesus said that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, meaning that possessions of riches is a hindrance to eternal salvation and prevents the owner from following Christ because of trust in riches and believing your earthly state is secure. The way you use your money shows whether your heart has been transformed so that the love for others and not luxury for yourself is what you long for and delight in. Actually, some folks who are material, materially wealthy, Jesus said, you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked, meaning that you're self-satisfied, you're self-gratified, you're self-sufficient and complacent and comfortable in your hypocritical state. Jesus said to the rich, buy of me without money or price. Gold tried in the fire. Living faith purified in the furnace of affliction, that thou mayest be rich. 
enjoyment of God's favor and communion with him and all the blessings consequent thereon. And white raiment, which signifies true and genuine holiness, that thou mayest be clothed with divine, with the divine image and nature, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, so that you may see with spiritual illumination the auction of the Holy One, which teaches all things that thou mayest see, that thou mayest possess that closeness with God and things divine, which is essential to true religion. Jesus emphasized the deceitfulness and deficiency of wealth regarding salvation. Money can be used for good or evil purposes, yet wealth can easily corrupt and certainly cannot change one's status in the afterlife. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 18 and 19, believers are called to use worldly wealth to do good. And it reads, those who are rich in this present age are not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. God commands you to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. This is the eternal value of your deposit as a spiritual millionaire. God wants you to deposit prayers, to deposit obedience to his word, deposit kindness, gentleness, love, to deposit confession, repentance, truth, to deposit praise in your spiritual account as spiritual millionaires. There is an accounting that believers will have to answer for. Do you know that God is holding you accountable for every deed you have done in your life? Look at your account statement today. What do you see? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, which says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive his due for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. I pray today 
that your account shows deposits as a spiritual millionaire, as opposed to withdrawals as spiritual paupers without spiritual vision. Money doesn't buy all things in life. It may have the answer to some earthly problems, but money doesn't answer spiritual problems. So you cannot buy faith. You cannot buy God's favor and communion. You cannot buy holiness. You cannot buy miracles. You cannot buy healings as you see on TV. Uh, this miracle spring water and uh, these healing prayer cloths. You cannot buy miracles and healing. You cannot buy God's grace and you cannot buy salvation. For Jesus paid the price with his life that is free for all today. And you cannot buy God's love for it is freely given. So be a good steward of your resources, because to whom much is given, much is required. And biblically, material wealthy people have a responsibility to alleviate and help people that are suffering in poverty. If you have the power to act in a person's life. Allocate resources to help someone come to Christ. Deposit for eternity as spiritual millionaires that carry eternal value. Here are some additional scriptures to show God's heart for the poor. Proverbs 39 verses 8 and 9 reads, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Proverbs 22, 22 and 23. Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush the needy in court, for the Lord will take up their case and will exact life for life. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28 reads, Do not withhold good to those whom it is due, when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. When you already have it with you. Proverbs 14 and 31 says, Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Proverbs 19 and 17 reads, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Isaiah 1 and 17 says, Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the
the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Isaiah 10 verses 1 through 3 reads, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. What will you do on the day of reckoning when disaster comes from afar? To whom will you run for help? Where will you leave your riches? Psalm 9 and 9 reads, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And the last scripture is Psalms 12 and 5, and it reads, Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. My goodness, today, that is plenty of evidence, scriptural evidence to show God's heart for those who are oppressed, needy, poor, widows, and the fatherless. So if you are materially poor today, please know that physical poverty does not get you into heaven. And it does not mean that you are entitled to receive special privileges or treatment. But you have to take responsibility for your life as a steward of any resources that God has given you, no matter how meager they are. The scripture says the poor will always be with us. The existence of the poor gives us the opportunity to exercise the graces of charity, benevolence, and self-denial. Without getting into all of the causations of poverty on a case-by-case basis, for there are many, the scripture also says in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10, If a man will not work, he shall not eat. If you are living in an irresponsible lifestyle with no accountability through laziness, bad work ethics, and a lack of effort that has become a chronic life pattern and dependency on others. God may allow you to suffer through your willful and intentional poverty until you come to terms with being a responsible individual. God may allow you to taste homelessness. He may allow you to be homeless for a period of time in your life for you to repent 
of your intentional and willful poverty. So helping a person in this situation who is not willing to take any steps towards a solution is actually harming them and contributing to their indolence and dependency issues. And I know that if you have children and loved ones who are in this situation, it is very difficult and painful to turn them away and to turn them to other forms of resources as opposed to allowing them to live on you. I know that that may be painful and it may hurt, but it may be the best thing that you can do for your loved one or your son or daughter who is in that position of intentional and willful poverty that will help them to take responsibility for their own lives. So I want to say thank you for listening to Transformational Living, Depositing for Eternity as Spiritual Millionaires. Stay tuned for the next episode, Value of a Deposit, Part 4. And we will conclude the remaining scriptures of Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Our future podcast coming your way is Babylon is Falling. This is an episode that you certainly um, do not want to miss. There's going to be a lot of valuable information in this podcast on Babylon is Falling. We also are going to be talking about the great deception of the false doctrine of the health and wealth gospel. The questions of whether God wants you physically sick and poor or materially rich and healthy will be addressed. I want to encourage you to go to Spotify and download these uh, podcast episodes. Listen to me in your car or plug me in uh, during your workday with your headphones to listen in at these valuable biblical teaching podcasts that are designed to edify and build you up as a Christian, as a child of the living God. God bless you, and again, thank you for tuning in, and you take care.